Ah, well, welcome back. So we're at Season 2 of the Surviving Changes Podcast. Who would have ever thunk it that they let it happen? But it looks like it's going to go down. We'll see you together, my friends. So, in Season 2, we're going to take a look at some of the things that we kind of touched on in Season 1 um, and surviving and get to how we actually get to surviving and doing that adapting instead of crapping. And by doing that, we're going to go ahead and look at each of those issues we're going to go ahead and talk to some people and see how they got through. And hopefully, based on all of their collective experience, you'll be able to find some sort of common thread that helps you to adapt and not crap. Or at the very least, maybe one of their uh, stories and ways that they made it through will help you. So that's that's what we're going to try and do here. And if it works, we'll keep doing it. <laughs> if it doesn't, we'll probably still keep doing it. So... First is physical isolation. I think that if we're going to talk about surviving something like surviving isolation, we all need to decide what we're talking about first, right? We need a definition and to know for a specific, look at this is a lawyer in me, for the specific set of facts, we're going to go ahead and apply a different remedy, okay? So let's talk about all the different kinds of isolation that we might need to survive, and then I'll tell you a little bit about the people that I hope to introduce during uh, those times. So, physical isolation. Uh, if you haven't yet, go back and check out the Surviving Isolation Season 1. It's just a few minutes, and it talks about me when I actually realized what true isolation is. True isolation is truly when you're not able to even look at the same stars as the person that you love. And that's a pretty big deal once you recognize it. So, check that out. But there's also kinds of physical isolation, like the kinds that many of you either have been going through or uh, or hopefully getting out of and getting back to a little more normal lifestyle. I, I don't know what's going on back there. I'm in Cabo, <laughs> and we just passed a bunch of safety standards. So I do know that my grandpa died alone in a nursing home at 100, and I would have expected him to live to be 111 at least had that not happen. But I wasn't close with my grandpa. I hadn't seen him in many, many years. So I'm not the one that would be best to talk about uh, how they're surviving that kind of the feelings that you go through when either you're in isolation like that, like my grandpa was, or when you're somebody on the outside uh, trying to be with that person. And so Mark's mom is also uh, in the same position my grandpa was in. And he's going through, you know, visiting and all of the emotions that inevitably come with that situation. And so I keep giving him a hard time. I, I keep taunting him, telling him, I got twins down here for you. And uh, I know he loves his mom because he's staying with her best that he can. He goes and sees her when he can. And so anyway, we'll talk to Mark about that. If you got one of the snippets, if you heard some of the snippets to season two, you heard a little bit about Mark. And you'll hear from Mark quite a bit. Uh, he's been in, in and out of my life since early 90s when he was my boss at a auto body shop. So, uh, And then there's also the kind of isolation that like comes with, say, the hurricane in Puerto Rico. And I have a friend, Jamie Ray, and Jamie Ray saved my ass um, and fed it uh, literally many times. When I got to Puerto Rico, I was dirt poor, literally sold sand on the beach, Puerto Rican sand. You get it? That's poor. And I talked a little bit about that in surviving unemployment. But if it wasn't for Jamie and the fact that Puerto Rico is very, very rich, at least it was when I was there, in natural resources like fish, 
Uh, you could free dive for lobster, throw out whatever, and go crabbing. Jamie used to go crabbing with chicken on a string. Awesome. Jamie is from uh, Louisiana, and so <laughs> if I can get her on here, and she said if I get her drunk enough that she can, <laughs> we'll see. So she is in the States, and I'm here. But Jamie was actually on the island uh, when the hurricane hit, along with a lot of my other friends. I told you before that I was lucky enough to be off of the island when the actual big hurricane hit. But what prompted that was the fact that there was a hurricane that, a few weeks before that had been coming at us, and it twisted right at the end and went towards Florida, but it took out power on the entire island. And I, at the time, was learning how to build apps. I was teaching myself how to build apps. Uh, Google had a program that we also talk about in Surviving Unemployment, I think. If not, we will. Um, where for $25, you could teach yourself how to become a developer back then. So I needed power. So I was in Seattle. But I knew that Jamie, she has very bad epilepsy uh, when it's not under control. And I knew that she was out of her medicine based on the pattern uh, with Jamie that we had. And so she was stuck on a mountain. And I was getting ready to go find her because her dad had been killed in the line of duty as a sheriff. And I had just seen a, a news clip of her mother saying how tragic it was going to be. And it broke my heart that she was losing her daughter to the hurricane and she'd lost her husband. And I thought there was no way that I was going to allow that to happen to Jamie. And I knew the general area she was in. The uh, hill had collapsed so much that there was only a guesstimate of where she was. But so I can tell you when I interview her, what I went through as I was creating my backpack and people were telling me, hey, Heidi, make sure when you pack your backpack, you make sure to put you know, enough salt stuff, there's leeches, and hey, by the way, the poison ivy is about the only thing that survived on that hill that you're going to be climbing to try to find Jamie. No one else is going up there, and this is one of the reasons why, Heidi, because the only thing that really survived is the poison ivy, and it's airborne, and it's getting in people's lungs, and there's no doctors. So a lot of people that weren't killed from the initial part of the hurricane did end up dying from the hurricane, and one of... Well, several of our friends did end up dying, but her her significant other and uh, B, somebody very close to me, ended up dying afterwards. I've never talked to her about that, but I do want to talk to her, and we'll, we'll see, but about her experience while she was up on that mountain and uh, the isolation that I was feeling, knowing that at any given time, or if they were not even possibly there anymore, because she had been talking to me on Instagram or Facebook or something, and then all of a sudden it just went dark. So we can talk about that and that kind of isolation and how you survive something like that. Uh, but it can be done, and Jamie is the one to teach you <laughs> if it can be done. If there's a way to adapt and not crap, Jamie Ray's key to that. So also, there's my clients in jail. That, that's a different kind of isolation, but you probably kind of feel like some of you, depending on what state you're in, that you're kind of living in a jail, or at least have been. And it used to blow me away. My clients would come into me, some of them, and say, look, I want to plead guilty, and I want you to ask for a felony. 
And I'm like, what in the hell are you talking about? And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. It's in Snohomish County, and it's in front of Judge Wisman, and he's going to max me out if I go in there with any misdemeanor. And that means a year in jail in Snohomish County, and they don't even let you go outside for an entire year, and they will hurt you, and it is bad. Please don't make me go there. I'll pay you any amount of money for you to turn that into a worser charge so I don't have to go to Snohomish County Jail. And so... There are people that I have had clients, there was over 3,000 of them over that 10 years that just had a couple days in jail that we can talk to and to ask them what their experience was. And then we can actually talk to people who have done some decent time and what them and their families go through. And I have several suspects in, in that regard that we can we can talk to. So... There's many types of physical isolation. And as we go through and talk to Mark and Jamie and some of my criminals, friends, uh, <laughs> now, uh, and past clients, we'll go through some of those. Then there's mental isolation. And that can be with physical isolation or it can be without physical isolation. I spent 20 years in a relationship that I was, we did everything together for 20 years, literally pretty much almost everything together for a significant part of that time. And I was more isolated emotionally and therefore mentally than probably I have been even when I was alone with myself in the outback. So mental isolation, there's lots of ways that people can kind of form that themselves or life happens to form it, but recognize that is a, a legitimate form of isolation that you you could be going through. There's also uh, isolation when you're surrounded by people. I was very sick back in 2012, and uh, probably being poisoned. We'll probably talk about that more in surviving success, depending on what the IRS does. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, <laughs> anyway, so back when I was uh getting out of the law practice but i was very sick and probably i was being poisoned by the people who were i was eating with i found a, a life insurance policy taken out uh and we don't need to talk at this point by by the people that signed it but anyway so i was pretty sick and once i got myself not as sick people who i thought were my friends and family and people who loved me People that, like, I had just kept out of jail, I had paid their bills, I had taken them on trips, we had, some of them I'd birthed, for crying out loud, um, <laughs> were all supposedly having this party. I would go into town where I grew up, I was expelled from Sela High School in Washington, and in Sela there's this little bar called The Pastime. And I used to think that the owners were my friends, but it, it turns out that I just brought in a lot of business when I came into town. I was just a good advertising ploy at the time. The DUI lawyer's coming in and she'll buy all the beer, is what it turns out. Um, but at the time, I thought it was pretty cool, and there was enough evidence that it kind of appeared that way. So I told everybody after I was feeling good enough that I would come to the pastime. And that I was just barely feeling good enough. And they planned it, and they put word out on Facebook and all that, oh, Heidi's all better, and this is, she's going to be here. And so I remember driving in, and there was literally a line at the door 
waiting for people who I'd never met, but who were aware now of this time of who I was, waiting to say hi. Hey, nice to meet you. And that night, and I'll tell you the whole story, but it was the loneliest night of my entire life. And that says a whole lot. And had it not been for DJ Doughboy, somebody I had never met before that night, smoked my first bowl with uh, DJ (laughs) Doughboy, man. He's awesome. And we definitely, he don't know it yet, but he talking to you guys. He doesn't know this story. I've told him for many years, you just wait. I'm going to tell you what you actually did for me. You saved me and you saved a lot of others this night just with one act of kindness. And so mental isolation we'll talk about in different forms and we'll get a chance to talk about people who have gone through different things that they have either isolated themselves mentally or it's been pushed upon them in one way or another. And then what I talked about a minute ago is financial isolation. (laughs) This is something you guys don't even recognize as a thing until you actually are a lawyer and you piss off. Uh, It... Depending on what the IRS does, if you if you listened to some of the preseason snippets, and I have it um, unpublished right now, we perhaps will publish it again for surviving success. But <laughs> the powers that be are a little bit scared about what we're going to talk about here. Just so you know, I don't want to make this any sort of political bullshit. You guys got enough enough of that back there. But literally twenty days after I started the podcast. I got a 10-year tax audit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a bill for $360,000. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh because it's not my bill. I laugh because I was expecting it. And I laugh because we'll talk about it in some shape or form, depending on what the IRS, if they do what they say they're going to do and they fix that little mistake, um, we'll just do a snippet. But it could be we'll have a lot of fun when it comes to talking about surviving success and financial isolation together, paired together. You piss enough people off, they'll close your bank accounts, they'll shut your shit, they'll say a lot of stuff, and they will financially isolate you. And that will follow you for a long time. So we we may talk more about financial isolation in surviving success. But what I do want to tell you is, regardless of what type of isolation or circumstance that you're in, that you're trying to adapt to, and not continue to crap yourself over. Uh, Each situation, 100% of them, how they dealt with it in things like routines or making sure... There's there's just little tips that I think once you listen to each one of these guys' pieces in something that seems so different, me being in Australia... Uh, Mark's mom being in a nursing home, Jamie being in the hurricane, my clients being in jail, the mental isolation, the financial isolation, they all have a few things in common, and that's how you adapt to them. And so stick around, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. If nothing else, it's always interesting, and I appreciate you guys. I really do. Uh, This is Surviving Changes, and I'm Heidi. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Surviving Changes Podcast. The Don't Crap Adapt slogan is officially owned by 2021 Inc. The Surviving Changes Podcast has been given limited authorization to use the slogan in various forms, so long as we attach this disclaimer where appropriate and tithe 90% of all net proceeds and half of our soul to 2021 Inc.'s parent company, Surviving 2020. Warning, side effects may include growth. Nothing in the Surviving Changes Podcast is intended to diagnose, treat, or inform. If you learn something along the way that helps you to adapt and
instead of crap, that's completely on you. Show notes can be found at survivingchanges.com. Don't forget, sharing is caring.